Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? One son wasn't born until after his death when I was looking into this. But he had another very young son, uh, illegitimate son. But none of his heirs took the throne. In fact, the sad thing is, is that both of those little babies were murdered right after his death. But we know the kingdom was split up into his four most powerful generals. And we've looked at that. We've looked at it a few times now. But we know that those four generals then ruled over four different kingdoms that came out of this empire. And I told you uh, earlier, though, that this is a bit of a soap opera. Here's where it starts to get more of a soap opera. Daniel 11.5. Also, the king of the south shall become strong, as well as one of his princes, and he shall gain power over him and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion. And so now we're talking about two of those kings. And it says here, um, the king of the south shall become strong. Well, the first uh, king that's being spoken of there is Ptolemy. He's one of the four generals. And it says the son of his princes or the one of his princes. Now, this again, this is so remarkable how accurate this is beforehand. It says one of his princes um, shall gain power over him and have dominion. Well, we know this is speaking of his son, Seleucus, who took power over the main area of Syria and, the, and part of Israel. And so the prophecy here of Ptolemy, the king of the south, and Seleucus, the king of the north, this is exactly is what happened in history. The king of the south would first gain power and dominion over the king of the north. He gained power, and this happened in history, and then Ptolemy took control of the area of Israel, and the Ptolemies controlled that region at first, but after the wars broke out, for over 100 years they fought these battles, by the way, the Ptolemies and the Seleucids fought these battles, and then whoever won those battles would then control Israel. And I think it's important, again, because that region is a constant battle. But something curious about this, I just, when you start looking at this stuff in detail, one of the things, when you grow up in the United States and you look at a map, what's center on any map in our schools? I don't know if it is anymore, to be fair. But it's the United States, right? And if, maybe if you go to China, I'm sure China is at the center of their maps. It's just the way it is. But do you know what's at the center of God's map? Israel. You know, when we're talking about prophetic things, I've talked about this before, where Israel is the hour hand, Jerusalem is the minute hand, And Temple Mount is the second hand of God's prophetic timepiece. Well, do you understand? Look at God's map. Israel is the center of his map. Jerusalem is the center of Israel. And Temple Mount is the center of Jerusalem. You want to narrow it down to a little piece of property? Temple Mount is very important. The things that are going on in the world today, I truly believe in my heart of hearts, it's happening for some reason to bring about peace, as crazy as that sounds. Keep your eyes on Israel and keep your eyes on the Temple Mount. But here's the thing. They fought battles for over 100 years trying to control the Holy Land until one day they made peace. 
And Daniel predicted this, Daniel 11.6. And at the end of some years, they shall join forces. For the daughter of the king of the south shall go to the king of the north to make an agreement. But she shall not retain the power of her authority. And neither he nor his authority shall stand. But she shall be given up with those who brought her and with him who begot her. And with him who strengthened her in those times. Okay, I've said it many times. We've got a soap opera going on, but you haven't seen anything yet. Right now, at this point, I fully expect an announcer to say, uh, remember that saying, like sands through the hourglass. (laughs) These are the days of our lives. (laughs) You'll see. Now, for those of you who laughed at that, shame on you. I can't believe you watch soap operas. Shame on you. And for those who didn't laugh at that and you don't know anything about that, what's wrong with you? You didn't watch soap operas? <laughs> anyway, it's soap operas. Little bit, we're aging ourselves again, and I, at least I am. But here's the thing. This is completely a soap opera. It might be, actually, it might be more like one of those primetime shows. Remember Knott's Landing and what was the other? Dallas. Who shot JR? I don't know, but I wish they would have done it sooner. <laughs> is that... It's like, man, I'm growing up, I had to hear that stuff all the time. What? Don't let me get off on rabbit trails, okay? So. But this is what happened. This is amazing. All of this happened in history. The Ptolemies and the Seleucids joined forces through an arranged marriage. Antiochus II of the kingdom of the Seleucids married Bernice, the daughter of Ptolemy II. And the marriage brought peace for a time, for a season. The two kingdoms united until Ptolemy II, until the dad died. And then what happened was uh, Seleucid, or I should say Antiochus, said, I'm, I'm done with this bride. She served her purpose, and he kicked her to the curb. And then what you don't know, see, this is where it gets really juicy. Ready? Uh, I mean, interesting, historical. Uh, what happened was, for this arranged marriage to happen, he had to divorce his first wife. She was a little older, getting on in years, so he divorced her, and he married this younger, more beautiful Bernice. I'm sure it caused no problems, right? Um, But that's what happened. But as soon as Bernice's father died, he divorced her and brought back his old wife. But of course it doesn't end there. Okay, it doesn't end there. And where it says, and neither he nor his authority shall stand, that's exactly what happened. Because the first wife of Antiochus II, she didn't forget what he had done to her. She didn't forget it. And you know what she did? She took care of him. Capiche? You know what that means, right? She took care of him. She poisoned him to death. She killed him. She killed him. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I just, I wish I had theme music for this lesson. But can you just hear it? So, so Laodicea was her name. She wasn't happy, so she killed her cheating husband. And then sadly, she killed the child they had together with, uh, he had with Bernice. And then he went after Bernice, she went after Bernice and killed Bernice. And then she killed all of Bernice's servants and all of those who came to, with her to the kingdom and served in her court. She wasn't a nice person, but none of them were. But that's what it's talking about here in verse 6 when it states, but she shall be given up. That's speaking of Bernice, with those who brought her and with him who begot her and with him who strengthened her in those times. And then after this, Laodice put her son on the throne, a man named Seleucus II. But of course, the story doesn't stop there. Now we're going to read in verse 7, Daniel eleven seven. But from a branch of her roots, that's speaking of Bernice, one shall arise in his place who shall come with an army, enter the fortress of the king of the north, and deal with them and prevail. Now again, so accurate. This is what happened where it says, a branch of her roots, one shall arise in his place. Well, this is speaking a branch of Bernice's roots, and this is exactly what happened. Her brother rose up, and he dealt with them. 
Her brother, Bernice's brother, a man named Ptolemy III, avenged his sister's death. He invaded Syria. He killed the son of uh, Laodice. He killed that son, the, the king at the time, took all the treasure, took all of his gods and idols, and even took many of their princes captives. Look at verse 8 and 9. And he shall also carry their gods captive to Egypt with their princes and their precious articles of silver and gold. And he shall continue more years than the king of the north. Also the king of the north shall come to the kingdom of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. Exhausting, isn't it? This is just an amazing soap opera that took place over a couple hundred years. But all of that happened exactly how Daniel predicted. Understand, this is over 100 years before all this stuff even happened. How? With such great detail. We know how. The Lord knows the beginning from the end. But this is the thing. Ptolemy III, the brother of Bernice, he did all of that, including where he ruled longer than the king of the south, four more years longer than the king of the south. And we also know the king of the south did go and try to attack. Um, he tried to attack but came back with nothing. But again, like any good soap opera, there is no happy ending. There is no ending at all. It just continues. It just keeps going. That's how every soap opera, at least, and I'm not saying I ever watched them, by the way, okay? That wouldn't, but I'm just saying, that's how every soap opera is. They never have an ending. They just keep going, and because they start losing ratings, what do they do? They just get really crazy, right? They just throw in some crazy thing, and people are like, oh, did you hear? At least that's the way it used to be. Anyway, they had to have another twist. There had to be somebody who comes into the story to stir up strife. And that's what we see in Daniel 11.10. However, his son shall stir up strife and assemble a multitude of great forces. And one shall certainly come and overwhelm and pass through. Then he shall return to his fortress and stir up strife. This all happened exactly as it was predicted. This is speaking of the king of the north. His son stirred up strife. And what did they do? History tells us they indeed mustered a multitude of great forces, just as it's written here. And they took control over Israel once again. And then we'll see after this action against them, the king of the south gets enraged. And he's going to then what he, he's going to go for revenge and he's going to attack the kings of the north. Daniel 11 verses 11 through 12. And the king of the south shall be moved with rage and go out and fight with him with the king of the north who shall muster a great multitude. But the multitude shall be given into the hand of the enemy. Verse 12. When he had taken away the multitude, his heart will be lifted up. And he will cast down tens of thousands, but he will not prevail. When I was studying for this, I was like, man, I can't wait to see the people's faces when we start going through all of this. Because while it is such a soap opera, how amazing and awesome is it that all of these details, everything, God laid out for Daniel to see. Remember I told you Daniel is called Beloved? The other person, the other man called Beloved in the scripture is John. John was given revelation and Daniel was given all this insight and this prophecy. It is really, truly amazing how much detail God showed Daniel. And this is really powerful because all of this happened, including the last part where it says the king of the south defeats the king of the north. And in doing so, this was at the Battle of Raphia. And this is, again, this is one of those side notes I think are interesting. In this battle, he took back the Holy Land from the Seleucid Empire. And what it was, it was in the Fourth Syrian War in 217 B.C., it was between the Seleucid Empire and the Ptolemies, and it was also known as the Battle of Gaza. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.